بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا في هذه الليله المباركه نبدا بقراءه كتاب جديد على شيخنا الوالد سماحه الشيخ صالح بن محمد الوحيدان حفظه الله تعالى وجزاه الله عنا خير الجزاء الكتاب المختار هو العقيده الراسطيه للشيخ ابو العباس احمد ابن عبد الحليم ابن تيميه رحمه الله تعالى وبالله التوفيق يقول المصنف رحمه الله تعالى بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الذي ارسل رسوله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره على الدين كله وكفى بالله شهيدا واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له اقرارا به وتوحيدا واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما مزيدا اما بعد فهذا اعتقاد الفرقه الناديه المنصوره الى قيام الساعه اهل السنه والجماعه وهو الايمان بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله والبعث بعد الموت والايمان بالقدر خيره وشره ومن الايمان بالله الايمان بما وصف به نفسه في كتابه وبما وصف نفسه وبما وصف به رسوله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وبما وصفه نعم وبما وصفه به رسوله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير تحريف ولا تعطيل ومن غير تقييف ولا تنفيذ بل يؤمنون بان الله سبحانه ليس كمثله شيء وهو سميع بصير فلا ينفون عنه ما وصف به نفسه ولا يحرفون الكلم عن مواضعه ولا يحدون في اسماء الله واياته ولا يكيفون ولا يمثلون صفاته بصفات خلقه لانه سبحانه لا سميع له ولا كف له ولا ند له ولا يقاس بخلقه سبحانه وتعالى فانه سبحانه اعلم بنفسه وبغيره واصدق قيل واحسن حديث من خلقه بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير ونشهد ان محمدا عبد الله وخليله ورسوله ارسله رحمه للعالمين ليخرج الناس من الظلمات الى النور تبلغ به الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في الله حق جهاده صلوات الله وسلامه عليه ورضوانه جل وعلا على صحابه محمد الذين امنوا به وازروا ونصروا وارخصوا اموالهم وديارهم لمتابعته والايمان به ولما ارسل به اللهم ارضى عنهم واجعلنا جميعا من محبيهم الصادقين في ذلك ابتغاء وجهنا واخزي كل من يشنعهم او يغضهم ان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم شهد لهم انهم خير الناس بعد الانبياء خير الامه 
او الخليقه كلها من بني ادم بعد الانبياء اصحاب محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم لقوله خير الناس القرن الذين بعثت فيهم والمقصود بهم الصحابه رضي الله عليهم هذا الكتاب اسمه العقيده الواسطيه كتب شيخ الاسلام محمد بن عبد الحليم بن عبد السلام بن تيميه الحراني ولد في شمال العراق ثم خاف ال تيميه بعد ما حصل على العراق ما حصل من غزو التتر وغلافه فانتقلوا الى الشام وهو من بيت علم ابوه عالم مفتي وجده من كبار علماء الاسلام عبد المجيد وهو احمد بن عبد الحليم بن عبد المجيد ابن عبد السلام المجد ابو المجيد عبد السلام اسمه المجد يعني لقبه فيتوارث العلم ابا عن اب ثم كان رحمه الله عليه من ابرز علماء عصره ومن اشدهم انتصارا لسنه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وله عدد من عدد كبير من الكتب لكنه في بالنسبه للعقيده له هذا الكتاب ويسمى بالعقيده الواسطيه لانه كتبها لاهل واسط وله عقيده اخرى تسمى الحمويه ارسلها لاهل حماه وله غير ذلك كثير رحمة الله عليه هذه العقيدة أشار رحمة الله عليه في هذه المقدمة لأن هذا هو اعتقاد الفرقة الناجية بدأها بالحمد على الله بالحمد لله الذي أرسل رسله بالهدى ودين الحق ليظهره أرسل رسوله محمد يظهره على الدين كله ولو كان يمشيكم وكفى بالله شهيدا فمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم هو خاتم الانبياء كما هو معلوم لدى الجميع ثم قال اشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له فلا بد للمسلم لا يتم الاسلام احد حتى يشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له يعني لا شريك له في العبوديه في ولا في الخلق والرزق ولا في العباده من عبد مع الله غيره لم تنفعه عبادته انما لابد ان تكون العباده خالصه لوجه الله ثم قال الشيخ الاسلام اما بعده فهذا اعتقاد الفرقه الناجيه المنصوره الى قيام الساعه من هم الفرقه الناجيه اهل السنه والجماعه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذكر ما كانت عليه الامم السابقه قال ان اليهود افترقوا على احدى وسبعين فرقه وافترقت النصارى على ثنتين وسبعين فرقه قال وستفترق هذه الامه على ثلاث وسبعين فرقه ثم قال كلها في النار الا واحده قالوا من هي يا رسول الله قال من كان على مثل ما انا عليه واصحابي 
فالذي يكون على مثل ما كان عليه النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم واصحابه هؤلاء هم اهل السنه والجماعه وهم الذين اذا اطلق السنه فالمقصود بالسنه اي الذين يقتدانهم لان السنه تشمل الامرين تشمل السلف الماضي اللي راح الذين هلكوا وتشمل الذين يقتدى بهم السلف الذين يقتدى بهم هم اصحاب رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ومن كان مثل ما كان عليه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم واصحابه فيقول رحمه الله عليه هذا اعتقاد اهل السنه والجماعه ما هو هذا الاعتقاد ما دام ان هذا هو اعتقاد اهل السنه المتمسكون المتمسكين بسنه نبي الله صلى الله عليه وسلم الجماعه وهم الذين يقتدى بهم ولو كان الخلق الكثير ما اجتمع معهم وانما الجماعه التي يقتدى بها من كان على مثل ما كان عليه الرسول عليه الصلاه والسلام واصحابه رضي الله عنهم اجمعين قالوا ما هو الايمان الذي كان عليه السنه والجماعه قال هو الايمان بالله ما هو الايمان بالله الايمان بالله تصديق بوجوده جل وعلا وانه موجود وانه المعبود وانه الخالق وما من دابه في الارض الا على الله الاستقامه كفار العرب في الجاهليه انزل الله ولئن سالتهم من خلق السماوات يقولها يعترفون بان الله هو الخالق لكل شيء وهو المدبر وهو الذي ينزل الغيث وهو الذي ينبت الارض وانما يشركون معه غيره بزعمهم انهم يتخذون هؤلاء شفعاء والله جل وعلا لا يشفع عنده احد الا اذا اذن له يقول هنا وهو الايمان بالله فلا بد من الايمان بالله لانه الواحد الاحد الذي لا اله غيره الخالق الرازق والعلماء المحققون قسموا هذا المعنى ينقال توحيد الالوهيه وتوحيد الربوبيه توحيد الالوهيه يعني انه لا يصح ان يعبد مع الله احد لا بد ان يكون المعبود العباده لله وحده الله يقول في الحديث القدسي من عمل عملا اشرك فيه معي غيري تركته وشركه لا يعني الله جل وعلا يقول انا اغنى الشرك عن الشرك الايمان بالله بوجوده لانه الخالق لان كل ما نسمع به او نراه من الموجودات من السماء والارض وما في السماء من نجوم وكواكب وما فيها من ملائكه وغير ذلك من نعيم كل ذلك الله الذي اوجده جل وعلا فالايمان بالله وهو المالك لكل شيء له الملك وله الحمد ما يكفي ان له الملك لا له الحمد الثناء الثناء الكامل له والملك الكامل لا نزاع فيه له الايمان بالله 
بوجوده وخلقه وانه الخالق الرازق المدبر لهذا الكون الغني عن العباد الله جل وعلا خلق الناس ليعبدوه لا ليخدموه هو ليس بحاجه اليه كما في حديث ابي ذر القدسي الذي يقول الله فيه لو ان اولكم واخركم وانسكم وجنكم كانوا على اتقى قلب رجل ما نفع ذلك النبي او كانوا على افجر رجل ما ضر ذلك الله جل وعلا ايضا ما نفع ذلك الله او على افجر قلب ما ضر ذلك الله او انهم سالوا الله بكل شيء تصل اليه امانيهم واعطاهم كل ما سالوه ما نقص ذلك مما عند الله شيء قال هو الايمان بالله وملائكته لا بد الانسان لا يكون مؤمنا صادقا الا اذا امن بالله بوجوده وانه الخالق الرازق وانه المعبود حقا لا ومن عبد دونه فليس بالمعبود الحقا وانه الرازق وان جميع الارزاق والخيرات والمنافع كلها بتدبيره وخلقه وان دفع المكروهات وازاله كل ما يؤذي انما هو يرجع الى امر الله جل وعلا بالله وملائكته بالملائكه لابد من الايمان بالملائكه من عرفناه من الملائكه من عرفنا اسمه جبريل والاسرافيل والميكال مثلا نؤمن بهم وعددهم لا يعلمه الا الله اذا علمنا ان كل واحد منا يرافقه ملكان ملك في الليل في النهار وملك في الليل وكم في الدنيا من البشر الى غير ذلك فقط الامر الذين يرافقون البشر ضعف البشر مرتين غير بقيه الملائكه الذين لهم اعمال اخرى وما يعلم وجود ربك الا فلا بد ان نؤمن بالملائكه بوجودهم وانهم لا يعصون الله ما امرهم ويفعلون ما يؤمرون لا يمكن اذا امرهم الله بشيء ان يتوقف احد منهم به واذا امروا لا يتوقفون عن تنفيذ الامر لله الايمان بالله وملائكته لا شك نؤمن بان الله ملائكه موجودون الله جل وعلا ذكر وعده المؤمنين يوم بدر بان يمدهم الله جل وعلا بخمسه الاف من الملائكه المسومين وليس هؤلاء هم جميع ما عند الله وملائكته ورسله لا بد من الايمان برسل الله من عرفناهم ذكرهم الله جل وعلا في القران الكريم او ذكرهم نبيه محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم نؤمن بهم على كما وردت اخبارهم واسمائهم ومن لم نعرفهم الله قال عن محمد منهم من قصصناه عليك ومنهم من لم نقصص وفي الدعاء بكل ايمان وفي النبي 
اسم لك انزلته في كتابه او على احد من خلق لا نعرف كل من ارسل اللهم الله الله يقول وان من امه الا خلا فيها نبيا يعني ما يوجد امه من الامم من وجد ادم عليه السلام الا وبعث الله الله جل وعلا من ينذر فلا بد من الايمان بالله وملائكته عددهم لا يعلمه الا الله والذي قال الصحابه على تصفون كما تصف الملائكه عند ربها لانهم يصفون عند الله قال وملائكته ورسله نؤمن بالرسل الذين مر ذكرهم علينا في كتاب الله في القران الكريم او اخبرهم اخبرنا بهم النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم الذي ذكر ما ذكر من القصص ذكر نبيا من الانبياء ضربه قومه حتى ادموه خرج الدم منه فكان يقول عليه السلام اللهم اغفر لقومي فانهم لا يعلمون يعني هذا الحديث ينفع المؤمن لو ناله سوءا من احد لا يدعو الله بان يلقيه في جهنم يدعو الله ان يهديه واذا هداه الله بدعاء هذا العامد فهذا كسب عظيم لان النبي قال لعلي رضي الله عنه لان يهدي الله بك رجل واحد خير لك من قمر النار الايمان بالله وملائكته ورسله يعني لا يتم ايمان احد بمجرد ما يؤمن بالله حتى لو امن بالله بانه الخالق الرازق الفعال لما يريد الذي لا يتصح العباده الا له ولكن قال لا اؤمن بالملائكه لا ينفعه ايمانه وان امن بالملائكه ولكن ولكن قال انا لا اؤمن بالرسل انا اؤمن برسولنا ولا اؤمن بموسى وعيسى وغيره لا لا بد من الايمان بالله وملائكته ورسله ياتي بعد ذلك البعث بعد الموت لا بد ومن شان الايمان بالبعث أن يحمل هذا الإيمان المؤمن للعمل ما دام تنفيه بعث إن كان يعقل لابد من الاستعداد لذلك اليوم الذي يبعث فيه الناس ويسكن المؤمنون دار أهل الإيمان ويوجه أعداء الله جل وعلا إلى منازلهم في نار جهنم لابد من الايمان بالبعث بعد الموت قال والايمان بالقدر خيره وشره لابد من بالله وملائكته ورسله وكتبه والبعث بعد الموت والايمان بالقضاء والقدر اذا حدث شيء في الوجود فهذا قضاه الله لا يمكن ان يحدث شيء في هذا الكون الا والله يعلمه وهو الذي قدره الله لما خلق القلم قبل ان يخلق السماوات والارض بخمسين الف سنه قال للقلم اكتب قال وما اكتب قال اكتب ما هو كائن الجميع ما سيكون من خير وشر امر ونهي الى فيضان عواصف الى غير اكتب ما هو كائن الى قيام الساعه الى ان تقوم الساعه التي كل اهل دار 
يوجهون الى دارهم فلا بد من الايمان لو ان انسان قال ما ما والقدر هذا هو الذي فيه الحرج الكبير يقول من يسمون بالقدريه يسميهم اهل السنه والجماعه مجوس هذه الامه والمجوس هم عبده النيران والمجوسيه كانت ناشئه في فارس هي نوع من الوثنيات لكنها تميزت بها فارس بعبادة النار هذا القدر في احد يقول ما يعلم الا اذا وقع لا على المؤمن ان يؤمن بالقضاء والقدر ان كل شيء يمكن ان يحدث في الكون ان الله علمه قبل ان يكون وقبل ان يحين وقت خروجه لذلك لما انتشرت هذه المقوله عدم الايمان بالقدر يعني بالشيء الذي وجد لا يمكن ان يقال هذا الله ما درى عنه خرج الناس اللي يسمون القدريه اللي يسميهم اهل السنه والجماعه مجوس هذه الامه لانهم من لازم كلامهم ان هذه الامور التي الشيء السيئه خلقها هذا الانسان الذي وجدت لسببه مع ان الخالق هو الله جل وعلا كل شيء في الوجود علم الله جل وعلا انه سيكون ومن يكون السبب في كونه ولا يمكن ان يوجد في ملك الله شيئا غصبا على الله جل وعلا الامر كله لله سبحانه وتعالى ولهذا جاء اناسا ارجاء من اثنين من الصحابه من المسلمين لما انتشر القضاء بموضوع القدريه أول من قتل فيهم جعد بن درهم قتله خالد بن عبد الله القسري أمير العراق جو جاء هؤلاء وقالوا لعلنا نلقى أحد من أصحاب رسول الله فلما وصلوا المدينة لقوا عبد الله بن عمر فقالوا له يا أبا عبد الرحمن خرج عندنا أناس يتقفرون العلم يعني يحرصون على تحصيل العلم كانهم في الارض القفر يجمعون كل ما يلغون وانهم يقولون ان الامر انف ايش معنى انف؟ يعني ما كان له ما كان يعلم يعلم باحد لا الله ولا خلق حتى وقع هذا الامر فقال اخبرهم ان اني بريء منهم فلو ان لاحدهم مثل احد ذهب وانفقه في سبيل الله ما قبله الله منه حتى يؤمن بالقدر خيره وشره فهذه اركان الايمان سته الايمان بالله بانه الواحد الاحد الفرد الصمد الخلاق الفعال لما يريد كل شيء منه وهو الذي المعبود ولا يعبد احد بحق سوى بالله وملائكته 
ورسل والبعث بعد الموت والإيمان بالقضاء والقدر لا بد من توفر هذه الأركان للإيمان ومن أنكر أي واحد منهم قال لا بعث كما تقوله الأمم الكافرة الذين يقولون أن الإنسان إذا ذاب في هذه الأرض لن يعود ولهذا في القرآن ذكر الله مواقف العرب في الجاهلية إذا كنا عظاما نخرة متفتتة فرد الله عليهم لأن الذي أوجد هذا أصل هذه العظام قادر على إيجادها قال عاد هنا من الإيمان بالله هذا المجمل الله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله واليوم الآخر والإيمان بالقضاء والشر بالقضاء والقدر قال ومن الإيمان بالله الإيمان بما وصف به نفسه لما نقول نؤمن بالله نؤمن بأنه جل وعلا السميع الذي يسمع البصير الذي يبصر الذي يبصر نؤمن بجميع ما ما ذكره الله جل وعلا في القرآن الكريم أو ذكره نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم بأنه يسمع ويرى جل وعلا ويجيء لكن لا نخرف لا نقول كما يقول المعولة من المعتزلة أو الجهمية أسوأ وأسوأ بكثير أو الأشاعرة لا نؤمن بأن الله يسمع ويبصر نؤمن بيديه الله قال في القرآن الكريم بل يداه مبسوطتان بالإنفاق نؤمن بأنه جل وعلا يجيء استوى على العرش إلى غير ذلك نؤمن بكل ما في ما وصف الله به نفسه أو وصفه به رسوله نؤمن بأنه يرضى نؤمن بأنه يضحك الأشياء التي ذكرها الله جل وعلا أو ذكرها نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم على المسلم أن يؤمن بها ليس على أساس ما يتقبله قلبه يقول لا هذه لما أقول له يدان إذا هو مثل البشر هذا ما يجوز لا نقول له نعمتان الله يقول وإن تعدوا نعمة الله لا تحصوها ليست مجرد نعمتان نعم لا حد لها الإيمان بما وصف به نفسه في كتابه وبما وصفه به رسوله محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير تحريف ولا تحريف التعطيل أن ننفي عنه هذه الصفات نقول نعم يسمع لكن من غير بغير سمع يرى من غير بصر يعطي لكن ليس بيد ولا بشيء لا ما ذكره الله جل وعلا في القران او ذكره نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم عنه النبي قال ما منكم من احد الا سيكلمه ربه يوم القيامه من من دون من دون ترجمان قال و 
وبما وصف به وصفه به رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم من غير تحريف ولا تعطيل. تحريف لا نقول لا كذا ولا كذا ولا نقول هذه من صفات البشر. الماهي الوجه يقول ولا تمثيل لا نقول له مثل كذا ولا كذا ليس معناه انه له وجه مثل وجه ابن ادم له يدان كيدي ابن ادم مثلا لا له يدان له وجه يسمع ويرى ومن غير تكييف ولا تمثيل بل يؤمنون بان الله سبحانه ليس كمثله شيء لكن ليس كمثل شيء عن عدم لا وهو السميع البصير فلا ينفون عنه ما وصف به نفسه من السمع والبصر ولا يحرفون الكلم عن مواضعه ولا يلحدون يعني يميلون بما يمكن ان تحمله الاسماء عن هذه الاسماء مثل جاء يعني جاء ربك يقول جاء فضله لا ما جاء في القران الكريم او في السنه المطهره في الحديث الصحيح يجب على المؤمن ان يؤمن به قال ولا يكيفون ولا يمثلون صفاته بصفات خلقه ليس كمثله شيء وهو السميع البصير كل صفه كمال لا يمكن ان يعتبرها نقص من صفات الله ولا يكيفون ولا يمثلون الى اخره لانه سبحانه لا سمي له ولا كفء له يعني لا سمي ليس معناه لا اسم كاسم هل يمكن تقول هذا سميع الله سميع لا يعني لا سميع لا سمي من السمو والعلو فوق هذه الخليقه لا سمي له ولا كفر اي لا نظير ولا مثيل له ولا ند لا يعني ليس له خصم يماثله حتى يخاف نده ليراضي لا لا ند له ولا يقاس بصفات خلقه لا تقول يرى كما نرى او يسمع كما نسمع او يجيء كما نجيء أو يعطي كما نعطي بيده لا اليهود لما قالوا إن الله بخيل ونحن إلى آخره رد الله عليهم لأنه غني وأنه جل وعلا وأن يديه سحاء الليل والنهار قال إنه ولا يكيفون ولا يمثلون إلى آخره ولا يلحدون في أسمائه أسماء الله وصفاته يعني الإلحاد الميل الملحد الذي يميل عن الحق ولذلك سمى القبر لما يوضع فيه موضعا ليس على اتجاه فوهة القبر يسمى اللحد لأنه عندما يحفر القبر شق يوضع موضعا للميت ليس باتجاه الفتحة وإنما مائلا عنها فيسمى اللحد والالحاد هو الميل
صحيح خلقه لانه سبحانه لا سني له ولا خطا له ولا ند ولا يقاس بخلقه سبحانه وتعالى فانه سبحانه اعلم بنفسه وبغيره واصدق وقيلا واحسن حديثا من خلقه ياتي بعد الله نبي محمد ايضا هو اصدق الخلق في معرفه الله جل وعلا الذي نجرب في القرآن فهنا نقف على الجمع بين النفل والإسلام قال هنا أيضا ثم أرسل ثم رسله صادقون مصدقون لا يمكن أن تقول هذا الرسول كذاب أو تقول أن الملائكة يخطئون ولذلك الرافضة يقولون أن جبريل خان الرسالة كانت رائحة العلي على مذهب الرافضة الاثني عشرية وإنما جبريل هو الذي خان والذين تبرعوا لا يقولون خان قالوا غلط ما اهتدى ولهذا في لهوهم خان الأمين فصدها عن حيدرة ولكن الرسالة كانت لا فرسوله هو الصادق ورسل الرسل كلهم مصدقون بما فيهم الملائكه بخلاف الذين يقولون عليه ما لا يعلمون اي الناس الذين يقولون على الله جل وعلا ما يعلمون او على رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما لا يعلمون ولهذا قال سبحانه قال سبحان ربك رب العزه عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين كلمة سبحان ربك يعني تنزيه ربك والتسبيح ذا معناها تنزيه لما تقول سبحان الله يعني الله منزه عن ما دون ذلك سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين يعني المرسلين ما ألحدوا ولا وصفوه بغير ما يستحق جل وعلا والحمد لله رب العالمين أي الثناء كله لله وجاء وعتى بهذه قال فسبح 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 نفسه جل وعلا عما وصف به المخالفون للرسل وقال سلم على المرسلين المرسلين ما الحدوا لسلامه ما قالوه لسلامتي ما قالوه من النقص والعيب قال وهو سبحانه قد جمع فيما وصف وسمى به نفسه بين النفي والاثبات النفي قال ليس كمثله شيء هذا هو النفي يعني المثليه لا شيء يماثل لا من بني ادم ولا الملائكه ولا غيرهم والاثبات وهو السميع البصير جمع سمى به نفسه بين النفي والاثبات فلا عدول لاهل السنه والجماعه عما جاء به المرسلون ان الصراط فانه الصراط المستقيم الصراط الذين انعم الله عليه من النبيين والصديقين الشهداء والصالحين هذا مجمل ما يتعلق بامر الايمان بالله وملائكته وكتبه ورسله
نسال الله جل وعلا ان يجعلنا جميعا من من اهل الايمان وان يقبضنا اذا قبضنا على الايمان وان يبعثنا بعث المؤمنين بمنه جل وعلا وكرمه فسياتي على تفاصيل الجمع بين النفي والاثبات في في وصفه جل وعلا تعالى الى اخره والجمع بين علوه وقربه وازليته وابديته الى اخره مما يفصل هذه العناوين هذه من الطابعين وليست من عناوين شيخ الاسلام ابن تيميه ما قدر من ذلك الشيخ حفيظ الله تعالى began tonight's lesson by glorifying Allah Azzawajal and praising Him and seeking refuge in Allah from the evil of ourselves and evil our deeds and bearing witness to the oneness of Allah Azzawajal He is alone, He has no partners for Him is the dominion and bearing witness or declaring that Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is his slave and messenger the one that Allah Azzawajal chose and sent as a mercy to mankind so that he can take the people from darkness to light. The Prophet delivered the message, he fulfilled the trust and he was sincere for the Ummah. He fought in the way of Allah in true fighting and may Allah be pleased with his companions, those who assisted the Prophet and supported the Prophet and those who gave up their homes and their wealth to follow the Messenger May Allah Azzawajal be pleased with them and may Allah make us from amongst those who love them a true love. And may Allah cause destruction for those who hate them and dislike them. For verily the Prophet said that they were the best of the people. The Prophet mentioned in the hadith, the best of the people are those who were present in the generation that I was sent in. So they are the best of the people after the Prophets and after the Messengers. The book that we will be studying is Al-Aqeedat Al-Wasatiyya which was written by Ahmed ibn Abdul Halim ibn Taymiyyah who was born north of Iraq or Iraq and later on because of the invasion of a particular group of people his family moved him to or they all moved to the area of Syria and they stayed there and he's from a house of knowledge. His father, father was knowledgeable and his grandfather was from the great scholars of his time. So he was from a knowledgeable home. And Ibn Taymiyyah became one of the well-known scholars of his time. Those who assisted and supported and defended the Sunnah of our beloved Messenger He had many books. And from those books is the book that we'll be studying, al Akhirat al-Wasatiyah, which is the book he wrote from, uh, or he wrote for the people of Wasit, which is a city. And he also has al Akhirat al-Hamawiyah, which he wrote for a people of another city. And many other books. The author mentioned, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, that this is the Akhirah of the Firqat al-Najiyah. This is the Akhirah of the safe sect. But before that, he began by praising Allah Azzawajal, the one who has sent down the, his messenger with guidance and the religion of truth. And the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, 
that's that which the author mentioned in the beginning was the declaration that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. Shaykh mentioned Ta'ala that no Muslim, that which is known is that no Muslim can enter into Islam until he makes this declaration, this declaration of faith. That there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. Verily Allah is the creator. Verily Allah is the provider. Verily Allah, to him belongs all forms of worship. And if anyone worships other than Allah, it will not be benefit that individual. This is the belief of the saved sect. And who are they? They are the people of the Sunnah and the people of the congregation, the Sunnah and the Jama'ah. As it was mentioned by the Prophet Wasallam, where the Prophet Wasallam mentioned that there will be many groups. And he mentioned that this, the Jews, they split into 71 sects. And the Christians, they split into 72 sects. And my nation, meaning the nation of the Prophet Wasallam, it would split into 73 sects. All of them would be in the hellfire except one. And the Prophet ﷺ said they are the ones, meaning the ones that will be saved, are the ones that are upon that which I am upon, and my companions. They are the saved sect. So if an individual is upon that which the Prophet ﷺ was upon and his companions, then they are considered from Ahlul Sunnah. They are considered from Ahlul Sunnah. He also said that they are from the Salaf, yani the individuals, yani the companions, and the Prophet ﷺ, they are the Salaf. He said the term Salaf is used to describe two things. One, those who have passed away. The individuals of the past, those who have passed away, they are considered the Salaf. And the second is the companions. The second are the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, they are the Salaf. So if an individual is upon, if an individual says he's upon the way of the Salaf, meaning he's upon the way of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. This is the i'tiqat, this is the belief. And this is the belief of Ahlul Sunnah. Like we said, those who follow the way of the Prophet and his companions. And the first element of this belief is that we believe in Allah Azawajal. We believe in the presence of Allah. And we believe that Allah is the only one who deserves to be worshipped. Verily, Allah is the creator. And there's no animal that walks the face of the earth except that Allah Azzawajal created that animal. And the Kufar of the Quraysh in Jahiliyyah, Allah speaks about them. And Allah says, if you were to ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they would say Allah. So they knew that Allah Azzawajal was the creator. They knew that Allah Azzawajal is the one that brings the crops throughout the earth. But they created or they placed partners with Allah Azzawajal as a means of intercession. And verily, the intercession is not permissible except that Allah gives the person the, per the permission to intercede, as we did previously. So it is to believe that Allah Azawajal is one, to believe that Allah is the creator, to believe that Allah is the provider. The scholars, they divide Tawheed into categories. The first of those categories, Tawheed al-Uluhiyah, the category of worship. The, or the, the Tawheed of worship, that you believe that Allah is the only one who deserves to be worshipped and you single out Allah alone with all forms of worship. And he mentioned the second one is Tawheed of Rububiyyah. He didn't mention the third one, but he would mention it later on. So Tawheed al-Uluhiyyah is that you understand that worship is only befitting for Allah Azza wa Jal. 
As is mentioned in the Hadith Al-Qudsi, the Hadith Al-Qudsi where the Prophet said that Allah said, whoever does an action and he places as partners with me in this action, I abandon him and I abandon the action. Also, the statement of Allah Azawajal, I am the most self-sufficient. Whoever does an action and he places a partner with me in that action, I leave him and I leave that action. So we understand that everything that we hear and everything that we see on the face of the earth and everything that we see in the heavens from the stars and the, the planets and everything which is present, such as the mala'ika, everything is present because Allah Azawajal created that thing. Verily, Allah Azawajal is the Lord and He is the creator of everything. So we believe that Allah is the Lord, we believe that Allah is the creator, we believe that Allah is the provider, we believe Allah is the controller. We believe in all of this. And we believe that nothing that Allah Azawajal is in need, is not in need of His creation. And all of the creation are in need of Allah Azawajal. As you have in the hadith of Abu Dhar radiallahu ta'ala anhu, that the Prophet sallallahu said, if the first of you and the last of you, if the jinn from amongst you and the mankind from amongst you, if all of you had the most pious of hearts, it would not benefit Allah in any way. And if the first of you and the last of you, the jinn of you and the ints of you, the humans from amongst you, if all of you had the most despicable of hearts, it would not take away from the dominion of Allah in any way. If the first of you, the last of you, the jinn of you, and all of you humans from amongst you, if you were to all supplicate to Allah and seek from Him, and He were to give everyone that which they requested, it would not remove anything from the dominion of Allah Azawajal. The second affair is that we believe in the angels, al-malaika. We believe that the angels are present. We believe that Allah Azawajal created them. We believe that they obey Allah in everything that He orders them. We believe in the specific names that the Prophet ﷺ informed us of, Jibreel and Mikael and Israfil. And we believe in the, the ones that the Prophet spoke, spoke about generally, but he did not mention their names. We do not know their numbers. Only Allah knows their numbers. But that which would make you understand the magnitude of the angels and their numbers is the fact that there are two angels with every human. There are two angels with every human. So every human who walks the earth, there are two angels with him. So that means the angels, these individuals, or these individual angels that are, uh, their, their, their responsibility, that they are responsible for following the humans and being with the humans, that means they are multiplied in two. And these are only the angels that are responsible for being with the humans. What about the angels that have, have other tasks and duties that Allah has de delegated for them? And they are individuals, they do not disobey Allah, but they do exactly as Allah, as Allah ordered them to do. And likewise, you have the angels of Badr. Allah mentioned that we will send down 50,000 angels. We will send down 50,000 angels to be with the people of Badr. So this was just the, the angels that were sent down with the people uh, of Badr. And also we believe, or the next thing we mentioned, the Shaykh Habib Allah Ta'ala mentioned the books, the books that Allah Azawajal sent down, but he didn't uh, expand on the issue of the books, and he would mention it later on. We believe in the angels, Ahwan, we believe in the prophets, those whom Allah Azawajal mentioned in his book, and the Prophet Wasallam mentioned in the Sunnah, those who we know the names of, and those who we don't know the, the names of. As Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, Verily, we have mentioned some of their stories to you, and verily, we have not mentioned some of their stories to you. Some of them, 
Allah mentioned their stories. Some of them Allah did not mention their stories. And Allah mentioned, وَإِن مِنْ أُمَّةٍ إِلَّا خَلَّ فِيهَا النَّذِيرٍ And there's no nation except that there was a prophet in it. So verily we've been informed about some nations and we weren't informed about other nations. But every nation and every group of people that Allah sent, Allah sent a prophet and messenger. So that shows you that their numbers are, are tremendous. So with that being the case, now the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, even uh, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned, and Allah mentioned about the prophets in the Quran, and the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned about the prophets in the Sunnah. For example, the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned that there was a prophet that his, beat, that his people beat him to the extent that the blood flowed from his head. And when this took place, the Prophet, that Prophet said, Allahumma fili qawmi fa innahum la ya'lamun. That Prophet said, Oh Allah, forgive my people, for verily they do not know that which they do. That was a Prophet that came before. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that we benefit from the statement of the Prophet because if a person is tortured, he should remember that statement of that Prophet. Oh Allah, forgive my people, for verily they do not know. So this is, if, if the person supplicates for the people who are torturing him, and Allah, through his supplication, Allah guides those people, that person would be rewarded. As the Prophet ﷺ mentioned to Ali ibn Abi Talib, لَأَنْ يَهْدِيَ اللَّهُ بِكَ رَجُلًا وَاهِدْ خَيْرٌ لَكَ مِنْ حُمْرِ النُّعْمِ مِنْ حُمْرِ النِّعْمِ If Allah guided by way of you, one individual, this is better for you than the red camel. And the red camel was something very precious during the time of the Prophet ﷺ. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. And the belief of the Muslim is not accepted and it is not valid except that you believe in all of these things which are being mentioned. You believe in Allah, you believe in His angels, you believe in His books, you believe in His prophets. For example, if an individual says, I believe in Allah and I believe in, but I don't believe in angels and I don't believe in the prophets, no, it does not benefit him. Likewise, if the individual says, I believe in Allah and the angels, but I don't believe in the prophets, likewise, it does not benefit the individual, but you have to believe in all of these tenets of Iman. Then he mentioned, and resurrection after death. This is something that we also believe in. We have to believe in resurrection after death. And not only that we believe in the resurrection after death, but we take this belief and it leads us or it demands that we act upon it. The individual says, as long as there's going to be a resurrection, that must mean that I must prepare for this resurrection. And this is the time that the people of paradise would be taken into paradise and the people and the enemies of Allah, they would be taken into the hellfire. Also from that which we must believe in is that we have to believe in divine decree. We have to believe in the good of it and the evil of it. So we have to believe in the angels. We have to believe in Allah. Afwan, we have to believe in Allah. His prophets, the books, the angels. And we have to believe in resurrection. And we, we have to believe now in resurrection. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. This affair of Qadr or divine decree, it was something that many people had a problem with. Many people went astray because of it. We have to believe that Allah Azza wa Jal, when He created, or from the first thing that Allah created was the pen. When Allah created the pen, Allah said to the pen, write down everything. And the angel said, one, Allah said to the pen, write down. So the pen said, oh my Lord, what should I write? And Allah said, write everything that would take place until the day of judgment. So everything that would take place in the earth, everything that would take place in the creation, Every single thing, it would be written until, or it was written until the day of judgment. And the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala, that you had some people, they fell into major deviation in this regard, in this regard the Qadriyyah. 
the Qadriya, who are considered like the fire worshippers of this Ummah. Why? And this was, and the Sheikh mentioned this was something which was common in Persia. In Persia, you had the individuals who were fire worshippers. The Qadriya are like the fire worshippers of this Ummah. Why? Because they are the ones that said that Allah does not know of something which happens except once it happens. The Qadriya, they say, that Allah doesn't know of something except once it happens. And indeed, this is deviation. Indeed, this is deviation. And this took place. Um, naam. And he said, the reason, one of the reasons why this statement and this belief of this is deviation, because that means that the person creates their own action. If you're going to say that Allah does not know the action until the action takes place, that means that the person himself that performs the action, he is the one creates who creates his own action. So there's no doubt that this is deviation. Likewise, it is deviation because nothing can take place. If Allah Azawajal is the creator of everything, and if the dominion belongs to Allah, if this earth belongs to Allah, how can something take place in the creation of Allah except without Allah, yani without Allah's permission? How can something take place in the creation of Allah without Allah's permission? So this shows you the deviation of these individuals. The first person or one of the first individuals to call to this was Ja'a bin Dirham. And he was, he was killed by Khalid bin Abdullah al-Qasri. He was killed by him, who was one of the leaders of Iraq. Because he was calling people to this belief that Allah does not know something until it takes place. But there were other individuals that this belief had spread amongst. And these individuals came to the Sahaba. They came from Iraq and they said, we will go to Medina and hopefully, or we will go to Mecca and hopefully we would meet one of the companions of the Prophet when they approached Mecca, they found one of the companions of the Prophet ﷺ, Abdullah bin Mas'ud, and they spoke to him. And they mentioned that there are people in our area that are saying that the affair, anything, things are not known by Allah until it takes place. Once Abdullah bin Mas'ud, or Abdullah bin... Abdullah bin Mas'ud? Abdullah bin Umar. Those individuals, when they came to, they came and they met Abdullah bin Umar. And they informed that the Qadriya were calling to this belief. And he said, when you meet those people, inform them that I am free from them and they are free from him. Verily, and I'm, they are free from me. Verily, if one of them was to spin that size of the mountain of Uhud, the size of the mountain of Uhud in gold, it would not be accepted from him until he believes in Qadr. Until he believes in Qadr. So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. So these are the branches of faith that we believe in Allah. That we believe Allah is one. He's the creator. He's the only one to, who deserves to be worshipped. We believe in the angels. We believe in the books. We believe in the prophets and the messengers. We believe in the resurrection and we believe in divine decree. All of these things must be present in order for an individual to be, become a believer. Now, the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala. Now, that Allah Azawajal mentioned this, yani, resurrection after death. Allah mentioned this to the, the mushrikun during the time of the Messenger Wasallam, because they said, after we die and our bones become ashes, will, be, will we be resurrected? So Allah Azawajal responded to those individuals and Allah said, the, the one who created you from the, the first time, he is the one that would resurrect you after, after death. And he said, and this is that which the, the kufar, the disbelievers, they're calling to. They're saying once a person dies, there's no afterlife. They're saying there's no afterlife. But verily, Allah, 
Allah Azza wa responded to them by saying, the one who created you the first time, he is the one who will bring you to life after death. So we believe in that which Allah has described himself with. Allah described himself with hearing. Allah described himself with sight. Everything which Allah described himself with in his book. Or the Prophet described him with in the sunnah, we believe in it. For example, the Prophet described Allah with Al-Majid, that Allah comes. So we believe that Allah comes. And we don't distort the meaning. As the Mu'tazila, they do. Or the Jahmiya or the Asha'ira. All of these groups, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiya and the Asha'ira, they distort the meanings of the attributes of Allah Azawajal. But the way of Ahlul Sunnah, that we believe in the attributes of Allah, we believe in the names of Allah. For example, بَلْيَدَاهُ مَبْسُوتَةً We believe that the hands of Allah are lowered. Yani Allah Azawajal lowers His hands. And we believe that Allah Azawajal comes. And we believe that Allah Taala rises above His throne. We believe in all of these attributes that were mentioned by Allah and were mentioned by His Prophet Also from the attributes that were mentioned by the Prophet, that Allah becomes angry. We believe in this. That Allah laughs. We believe in this. Why? Because we were informed by, by our beloved Messenger And we do not say that, that the hands of Allah are spread, meaning that Allah blesses. No. We say that Allah blesses, yes. But Allah's hands are also spread. So we do not distort the meanings of the hands of Allah or the meaning of any of the sifat of Allah. Also, we do not deny the sifat of Allah. We don't say, no, Allah doesn't have this and Allah doesn't have that. They say, Allah doesn't hear. They say, Allah doesn't see. We don't do any of this. No, we give the attribute its due. So everything which is mentioned in the Qur'an and everything which is mentioned in the sunnah, we believe in it. The Prophet ﷺ said that Allah would come close to the servant on Yawm Qiyamah and Allah would speak directly to the servant without there being a translator in between. So we believe in this. We don't distort the meaning. Now, Likewise, we do, we do not perform tamthi. We don't say the, 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 the attributes of Allah are similar to the attributes of His creation. We don't say we see and Allah sees. Or we see just as Allah sees. We don't say Allah sees just as we see. Allah hears just as we hear. We don't say that. We don't uh, make Allah similar to His creation. Why? There is nothing similar to Allah. It doesn't mean that Allah doesn't exist. Why? Because... Because Allah says, وَهُوَ السَّمِيعُ الْبَسِيرُ He is the all-seeing, He is the all-hearing. Uh, all Likewise, we don't distort, we don't move away from that which Allah has mentioned about Himself in the Qur'an. And there is nothing similar to Allah. There is nothing similar to Allah. There is no enemy to Allah, meaning there is no one who is on the level of Allah Azawajal. And we don't make the attributes of Allah similar to the attributes of of his creation. Now, like the, the Jews, they said, verily Allah is selfish. And Allah responded to them. And Allah says, verily Allah, the hands of Allah are, are spread, meaning meaning the hands of Allah are actually spread. Now, so this was the things that the Shaykh mentioned, Habib Allah Ta'ala. And then the author mentioned about the prophets. And the reason why the author mentioned about the prophets is because the prophets, they are the ones that informed about Allah Azawajal. They informed about the characteristics of Allah. And the prophets are not to be, of the prophets, indeed the prophets, they do not lie. So whatever the prophets and the messengers informed about, about, about Allah Azawajal, we believe in. And likewise, the angels don't make mistakes. Because the Rafidah, 
they say that Jibreel, they say that Jibreel, uh, this individual, uh, the term Khan, he betrayed, no. They said that Jibreel, Khan al-Risala, they said that Jibreel betrayed Islam. Because they said that the, 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 the message, the Quran should have been given to Ali, عنه, but instead Jibreel, he betrayed Islam and he gave it to the Prophet Muhammad So this shows you their deviation. So Allah he glorified himself. Allah glorified himself. And Allah mentioned that all the praise is for Allah And Allah glorified himself and he mentioned, and verily peace be upon the messengers because they were the ones that described us with regards to the attributes of Allah With regards to Nafi and Ithbat. We uh, we negate and we affirm. We negate everything which we negate that there is anyone similar to Allah, and we negate anything that Allah negated from Himself, and we affirm everything that Allah affirmed for Himself. So we negate anything that Allah negated for Himself, and we negate that there is anyone similar to Allah, and we affirm everything which Allah affirmed for Himself. This is in general the belief of Ahlul Sunnah with regards to the sifat of Allah Azawajal. And we ask Allah to make us from those who have true Iman with Allah. And we ask Allah that He uh, resurrects us with the belief of Ahlul Sunnah or He resurrects us with the believers on Yom Al-Qiyamah. This is generally that which was mentioned in the beginning of this chapter. And inshallah other things are going to come uh, later on in the book. And the Shaykh mentioned Abib Allah Ta'ala that the chapter titles the chapter titles which are present in the book, that was not placed there by Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Tamir. That was by the person that compiled the book. And inshallah, we will continue with Ta'ala in the coming lessons. The Qul Sa'id ماذا تقول في رسالة إسماعيل عليه الصلاة والسلام حيث قال الله تعالى فيه واذكر في كتاب إسماعيل إنه كان صادق الوعد وكان رسول النبي أولا ليس في هذا الإشكال الله يصف نبي من أنبيائه ورسول من رسله بأنه صادق الوعد ومن ما يروى أن إسماعيل عليه السلام وعد أحدا يلقاه في يوم كذا ساعة كذا فجاء إسماعيل ومكث عاما ينتظر هذا الشخص لكن هذه كلها إذا لم تأتي عن طريق النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وجدت أما وجدت الله أصدق القائلين قال في ورثة في كتاب إبراهيم ثم بعد ذلك ذكر كان من موقف ابراهيم مع ابيه وما وعد به ذكر موسى وما من عليه بارسال اخيه معه ثم جاء بذكر اسماعيل قال انه كان صادق الوعد ذكر انه يامر اهله بالصلاه والزكاه الى اخره فكل ما ذكره الله جل وعلا او ذكره نبيه صلى الله عليه وسلم من صفات احد من خلقه جل وعلا او من صفات الله 
فنؤمن به فالله ذكر ان داو ان اسماعيل عليه السلام كان صادق الوعد ها نعم انه ذكر انه كان رسول رسول النبي نعم يقول هل لديه رساله نعم اول شيء لابد ان لديه رساله الله قال ويامر اهله بالصلاه والزكاه الذي نعم بكتب التي نص الله عليها من التوراه والانجيل والزبور وصحف ابراهيم هذه نؤمن بها على وفاجات وما سواها نؤمن بان كل نبي وكل رسول ارسل بلغ الرساله ولذلك تستشهد الانبياء السابقون بامه محمد بانهم يشهدون لهم ان ان الرسل بلغوا أمامهم Or the book of Ibrahim, or the book of Ismail, as Allah Taala mentioned Abraham, mentioned about the book of Ibrahim. Verily, he was uh, truthful in his promise, and he was a messenger and a prophet. So the Sheikh mentioned Abu Bakr. There's no problem in this. Allah Taala mentions that which he mentioned about his prophets and his messengers, and it is likewise mentioned that a person that Ibra that Ismail promised a person to meet him in a particular place at a particular time. And Ismail came, and that person didn't come. And it was mentioned that Ismail waited a long time, waited a year for that individual to come. The Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Taala. This is said, um, but in general, we believe that which Allah Taala had mentioned about the description of his prophets and his messengers, and we believe that which Allah mentioned about Ismail, that which Allah mentioned by Musa and other than them. We mentioned that. We believe that Allah Taala mentioned about Ismail that verily he was truthful in his promise, and verily he used to order his family to pray, and he used to order them to give the zakat. Then the individual said, uh, "What about there being a, a book for Ismail?" And the Sheikh mentioned Habib Allah Taala, "No, there was a book for Ismail. Um, it's mentioned that he used to order his family to pray. He used to order them to give zakat. So Allah Taala mentioned books, particularly with their names." And there's some books that Allah did not mention their names. So the books that Allah did not mention their names, we believe in them in general, and we believe that every prophet and messenger they delivered the message. And because of that, the prophets of the past they would bear witness that every prophet and messenger of one. Because of that, the followers of the prophets they would bear witness that their prophets and messengers they gave the message. يقول السائل لدي بعض بعض أفراد أفراد الأسرة يتبعون منهج الشيعة فكيف أتعاون معهم وهل نزورهم بارك الله فيكم زرهم وأخبرهم أن هذا المذهب لا يصح أن يتبعه من يؤمن بالله ورسله 
وضح لهم أن ما عليه الشيعة أنهم يكفرون الصحابة كلهم ولا يستثنونهم إلا عدد قليل عدد الأصابع اليد الواحدة ويكذبون القرآن الله يقول لما ذكر الرفق قال أولئك مبرؤون مما يقولون هم يقولون لا لا صحة لذلك ليست بريئة ثم هم يلعنون بالخصوص أبا بكر وعمر ويشنعون في ذلك ثم يزعمون أن القرآن الذي عندنا ليس هو القرآن الذي عند المهدي الذي يزعمونه يخرج في آخر الزمان فهؤلاء في الحقيقة ليسوا بمسلمين The individual is asking that he has relatives who are Shia. How should he deal with them and should he visit them? The Sheikh said, visit them and inform them. سأوزع على أخواننا مع أنه طبع طبعة جديدة لكن ما وصلني منها أعداد كبيرة باللغة الفارسية والذي يقرأ هذا الكتاب يتعجب كيف يصدق عاقل ما جاء عن هؤلاء So the Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah Ta'ala, so you should visit them and you should inform them that this methodology, a person who truly believes in Allah and His Messenger should not follow this methodology. You should clarify this for them. You, don't, you should inform them that which they believe in. You should inform them that they declare the companions of the Prophet Wasallam to be disbelievers, except a few number of them which can be counted on one hand. They disbelieve in the Qur'an. When Allah mentioned that Aisha is free of that which she was accused of, they said, no, she's not free of that of those accusations. They hold Abu Bakr and Umar to be disbelievers. They say the Qur'an that we have is not the true Qur'an. So the reality of this group, they are not true believers. Then the Shaykh mentioned Abi Allah, I'm going to bring a book which, which was printed about their beliefs. I'm going to bring a book and it's in Arabic and I will distribute it amongst you so you can benefit from the book and you would be very surprised to see that which they believe in in this book and anyone with intellect would not believe in them or follow them. كيف يزول المسلم الشكوك في الآخرين أو في الأشياء المستقبلية يتردد فيها ويشك فيها إذا عرضت له أمور يشك فيها فليبادر إلى ذكر الله حتى يرتاح قلبه فإن الله يقول أنا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب وإذا كانت تتعلق بأفعال الله وأسمائه وصفاته فالبادر سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله العظيم
individuals asking about removing, removing suspicions and doubts. Shaykh mentioned if something comes to you of suspicion or doubt, you should immediately remember Allah Azawajal. You should immediately remember Allah. As Allah mentioned, with remembrance of Allah will your heart find tranquility. Likewise, if something comes to you of doubt, with regards to the names and attributes of Allah, you should immediately glorify Allah Azawajal and this would remove the doubt. الاستواء هو العنو لقد سئل مالك بن انس يوم المذهب المالكي في المدينه ساره السائب وقال يا الله الرحمن على الاستواء كيف استوى فقال له الايمان الاستواء معلوم والكيف مجهول والايمان به واجب والسؤال عنه بدعه لا اراك الا رجل سوء واخرجه من المسجد. فمعنى استوى اي على على العرش. Individuals ask individuals asking what does al-istiwa mean? The Shaykh mentioned al-istiwa means to raise above. Imam Malik rahimahullah ta'ala the Imam of the Madhab al-Maliki in al-Madina when he was questioned about uh, how does Allah rise he said, Al-Istiwa ma'loom. The meaning of Al-Istiwa is known. It means to rise. And Al-Kayf majhoon. How does Allah rise? That's something which is not known. It is only known to Allah. Wal-Imanu bihi wajib. It is obligatory that we believe in this attribute. Wal-Suwalu anhu bid'ah. And to ask about how is an innovation. And I only see that you are an innovator. So Imam Malik ordered that the individual was removed from the gathering. Al-Istiwa means to rise. كلمة الاستوى هذه كلمة عربية ومالك في خطابه ذلك لرجل عربي اللسان فقلنا عربي يعرف معنى الاستوى في في لغتهم ولسانهم فقال له الاستوى معلوم وأما كيف يكون الاستوى كيف كان لا أعقل قال هذا ليس فينا نجهل هذه الكيفيات فإنما علينا أن نؤمن به وأما السؤال عنه فهو من الضلالات والبدع. إمام مالك رحمه الله تعالى when he was speaking to this individual he was speaking to an Arab he was speaking to an Arab a person that knows the meaning the linguistic meaning and the usage of this term so when Imam Malik responded to him, he said, you know, yani the meaning is known. How it takes place, this is not something which is known by us. This is known by Allah Azawajal, but we have to believe in it. And to ask a question concerning how it was considered from an innovation. التقرب الى الله تنفيذ اوامره جل وعلا التي جاءت في القران الكريم وتنفيذ اوامر النبي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم من الافعال والاقوال والانتهاء عما نهى الله عنه او نهى عنه رسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم فلا يتقرب الى الله جل وعلا الا بما شرع 
شرع الاذكار شرع الصلوات الخمس شرع النوافل نوافل الصلوات شرع الزكاه شرع الاحسان الى الخلق الى غير ذلك كل ما شرعه الله جل وعلا ورغب من العباد ان يقوموا به فهذه هذا من الفرق التي يتقرب بها الى الله the Shaykh Habib Allah responded by seeking nearness for Allah is by performing that everything that Allah has ordered you in the Quran and everything which the Prophet has ordered in the Sunnah to perform this, the actions and to say the statements. Likewise, by abstaining from that which Allah has ordered you to abstain from in the Quran and that which the Prophet has ordered you to abstain from in the Sunnah. Allah has legislated many things. Allah has legislated remembrance. Allah has legislated the prayer. Allah has legislated the superiority prayer. Allah has legislated the zakat, the charity. Allah has legislated that you are kind to the creation. So all of these things which Allah has ordered, and that which Allah has recommended, if you perform them, this is a means of you seeking nearness to Allah Azza يقول السائل هل يجوز للمرأة الخروج من البيت لذهاب إلى المراكز تحفيظ القرآن أو هل أو هل الأفضل البقاء في البيت؟ إذا كان خروجها لا يعرضها خطرا على عفتها جسمها وتكون متسترة فلا حرج إذا كانت آمنة على نفسها وآمنة أيضا من حصول شر منها كانت تكون متطيبة إن المرأة لا يحل لها أن تخرج من بيتها متعطرة يشم رائحة العطر فيها is it allowed for female to leave her home to study Quran outside of the home or is it better that she remains home and does so? Sheikh said if there's no harm or danger in her leaving the home then it's permissible. For example, there's no danger upon her physical body and she's dressed properly and she's safe in doing so then there's no problem in her leaving the home for this purpose. Likewise, she also does not harm others. For example, by leaving in a beautified manner by leaving her home with perfume. The Prophet mentioned that it's not permissible for a woman to leave her home uh, while she's perfumed. So as long as she abides by these uh, rules and regulations, it's permissible. يجوز لها أن تؤدي خدمة من من بيتها لمصلحة البلد التي هي فيها أو لمصلحتها هي كان تشتغل في صناعة ملابس أو أطعمة أو حلويات أو غير ذلك ولا حرج ان تكلم من يطلب ذلك لكن ايضا 
فاحرص على ان لا يكون كلامها معه مع الرجال مما يطمع الرجال فان الله نهى ان تخضع المراه بالقول لئلا يؤثر ذلك في الذي في قلبه مرض Is it permissible for a woman to work from her home and the, the job requests from her to speak to men who are foreign men, but she stays at home and she does not mix with those men? The Shaykh mentioned it's permissible for a woman to do so. It's permissible for her to work in this sort of service from her home for the benefit of the city that she's in, the country that she's in, or for her own personal benefits. For example, she cooks things in her home or she makes clothing in her home. Um, some type of thing that she does in her home and it's permissible for her to speak to individuals who call and request these things but she should not speak in a manner which brings about an attraction in the men who she's speaking to because verily Allah has forbade the female from speaking in a manner that attracts the men in order not to attract the men who have diseases in their hearts الصبر أن يصبر الإنسان على ما قد يلاقيه من ما يكره إذا لم يكن بقدرته أن يدفع المكروه أن يصبر عن ما لا يحل له تحصيله ولو كانت نفسه تطمع فيه لا يتذكر غضب الله جل وعلا وعقابه اذا يصبر عن ما ترغبه النفس اذا لم يحصل له ويصبر على ما يؤذي النفس اذا لم يستطع دفعه الانسان اذا اصابته مصائب وصبر عليها التي لا قدره له قدرة له على دفعها يكون ذلك ثوابا له كما ذكر الله جل وعلا في سورة البقرة الذين أحنا الله عليهم بصبرهم أولئك عليهم صلوات من ربهم ورحمة إلى آخره. Individuals asking how can a person bring about or truthfully bring about patience. The Shaykh mentioned Habib Allah by being patient with that which befalls you and you have no ability to remove, you have no ability to avoid. This is how you bring about patience. You should think about the punishment of Allah Azza wa And this will bring about patience. You should, meaning you should think about the punishment of Allah Azza wa with regards to things that you want to perform but it's haram. So you should think about the punishment of Allah and this will bring about patience. So you should be patient with that which will harm you in the long run. That which will harm you, you should be patient with this. And you should also think about the reward which Allah has set for those who are patient. That which Allah mentioned in Surah Al-Baqarah, Rabbihim Verily, those who are patient, they will have the prayers of Allah Azawajal. They will have the prayers of Allah and the mercy of Allah. So this is, you should think about the punishment. And that should allow you to be patient and abstaining from the haram, and you should think about the reward for those who are patient. Uh, 
كيف نفهم الحديث الذي ذكر فيه ان الله عز وجل خلق خلق ادم على صورته هذا تكلم العلماء في كلام كثير وهو ثابت ليس معناها على صوره الله جل وعلا لان الله قال عن ابنه لقد خلقنا الانسان في احسن تقويم الصوره المحموده لا يصح ان يقول ان الله خلق ادم على صوره الله جل وعلا Individuals asking what about the hadith or how do we, what do we understand from the hadith that Allah Azza wa created Adam in his image? And he mentioned Habib al-Azala that the scholars have mentioned a lot of speech about this and the hadith, it is authentic. But it doesn't mean that Allah created Adam in his image, meaning the image of Allah Azza wa Verily, Allah Taala created mankind in the most beautiful of images, but it is not the image of Allah Azza wa himself. يقول بعض الناس انه يجوز لنا ان نتكلم في ولاه العمور المسلمين في سائر البلدان المسلمين ما دام انهم ليسوا ولاه امورنا فهل هذا كلام صحيح؟ لا ادري ما الفائده من هذا الكلام يعني اذا اراد يتكلم في ولي امر في اي بلد من البلدان ما هي المصلحه التي سوف تترتب على كلامه عندما يتكلم به؟ كان يريد ان ينصح لا يتوقع انهم يقبلون النصيحه فليبعثها اليهم. Individuals asking um, some people say it's permissible for us to talk about rulers of other Muslim countries because they are not our rulers. They are not our rulers. What do you say about this? The Sheikh said, what's the benefit of this? I don't know what's the benefit of this. If you're going to speak about a ruler, a Muslim ruler, if you're going to speak about a Muslim ruler, to advise him, then you need to take that speech and you need to send it to him. But in terms of you freely speaking ill about a Muslim ruler, then what is the benefit that would be derived from this speech? Alhamdulillah Jalla wa'ala ala ma yassar hadha al-liqa wa asallallahu Jalla wa'ala an yakuna dhalika مني ومنكم ابتغاء مرضات الله وأن يبارك لنا في أعمالنا وأعمالنا وما آتانا سبحانه وتعالى وأن يصلح حالنا وحال المسلمين في كل مكان وأن ينصر دينه ويعلي كلمته ويحذل أعداءه كما نسأله سبحانه أن يعاجل المظلومين من المسلمين بالنصر والتمكين وأن ينتقم من الظالمين المعتدين كما نسأله سبحانه أن يعاجل الظلمة في بلاد الشام بالمذلة والصغار وانتصار أهل الحق عليهم وكذلك في شرق آسيا في جهكورما ومعه وأن ينصر أهل الحق على أهل الباطل في كل مكان كما نسأل الله جل وعلا أن يجيرنا من الفتن ما ظهر منها وما بطن وأن يحفظ على بلادنا المملكة العربية يحفظ عليها آمنها على الدين على دينها ودنياها وأن يحقق ذلك للمسلمين في كل مكان 
كما نسأله جل وعلا أن نوفق ولاة أمرنا في هذه المملكة للقيام بنصرة الحق وإعزازه وإذلال الباطل وصيانة العقيدة وحماية الأخلاق والأخذ على أيدي السفهاء وأن يكون ذلك منهم ابتغاء مرضات الله وأن يثيبهم عليه بالنصر والتمكين بالحق والعداء انه مجيب الدعاء صلى الله على نبينا محمد واله وصحبه وسلم. الشيخ مثل حبيب الله تعالى يقول اسال الله تبارك وتعالى ان يجعل هذا الدعاء الذي يجعل هذا الدعاء الذي يجعل هذا الدعاء الذي يجعل هذا we ask Allah to give a quick, swift victory to the Muslims who are being oppressed in different parts of the world. We ask Allah to uh, uh, give us justice over the oppressors. And we ask Allah to, uh, to give support to the people of the truth and to debase the people of falsehood in every place. And we ask Allah to protect us from the, the trials and tribulations and the calamities. And we ask Allah to allow the rulers of this country to defend the religion, to protect the religion, to support the religion. And we ask Allah to uh, allow them to support the good character. And we ask Allah to allow them to work towards that which is pleasing to Allah and to bless them and to reward them. And may the peace and blessings of Allah be upon our final messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam.